Hi, this is Burton Seabell of Fear Factory, and you are listening to Signal to Noise. Welcome to episode 32 of the Signal to Noise podcast. Uh, this is Aaron, and joining me tonight is Chris of um, Chemistry Design Works. So, Chris, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, good, man. So, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. So, I got my holy board from you, geez, a couple years ago now, um, probably 2012, 2013, and I love it. It's featured like in pretty much every post I put up on Instagram with my um, pedals and uh, stuff. So I was, I was very excited to get, to get you on the show and talk to you here. So can you tell us how Chemistry Design Works came about and how you came up with the Holy Board? Sure. Very, no, it's uh, very cool. So you must have like a Mark I. Um, I designed products for 17 years for other people, um, blow torches, um, a lot of medical devices, suture throwers, snow sleds, um, things of all kinds. And um, I had started, I was working for a consultancy and everybody's getting kind of burned out. And um, I started a project where everybody got to work on their own ideas. And I was in uh, my first band and I we would jam in this big sound stage that was kind of like a giant warehouse and it would be like 105. And I didn't have enough money or knowledge on pedal boards. I just had my first two pedals. They were like Digitex. And I thought it was awesome. And then I started getting more pedals as the addiction goes. And then I I made my own board and I cut this boomerang kind of a shape out of plywood and I stuck Velcro on it. Um, I cut some holes in it for the handle. And then when I'd get up to like break down, the pedals would fall off because it was so hot, you know, and it was like all gooey and gummy. Yep. And so I just started a project on my own. Um, That's when I started working on it. I thought I'm going to do a cool pedal board and I came up with the second, the top shelf first. And it was a friend of mine, he was looking at my concepts and he said, Chris, have you thought of zip ties? I'm like, no, (laughs) it's a really good idea. And it's funny because somebody was just telling me the other day, like, you don't know when these pivotal events are going to happen in your life and you can't plan for them and you don't even know when they're happening. But like, that was pretty pivotal, you know, because the, I mean, the holy board's all about zip ties. So, um, so yeah, so I, I started making prototypes um, I actually tabled the idea for five years and did nothing with it because um, I started another design firm with some partners and I felt that I needed full time. And after five years, nothing had happened and I thought it was still an awesome idea. And so I, I left that firm. I took another job um, during the day at 3M for two years. And at night, every night from like 9 p.m. to like 2 in the morning after the kids went to bed, I worked on the holy board. And so um, put the first one up on eBay it took a month for it to sell and I did like a dance, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. And then, you know, so I've been selling them for five years and this is my third year full time and it's been slow and steady. I, so yeah, that's the beginning. I keep seeing you do more and more models. So like when I got my model, I don't think you were doing any of the finished ones yet. And right. I remember, I remember, and I don't know if you remember our email conversations, but I remember emailing you because I was really nervous about yeah. finishing this thing. Yeah, know? yeah. And and like I was talking to my dad about it because my dad's done some woodworking, and I had done some like the last time I did something like this, I was probably twelve. <laughs> right. 
And like I can remember doing it at shop, and right. I I still remember how bad it looked. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I I look at the pictures on your site, and I'm like, this board is just gorgeous. Like it's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful wooden design. And I'm like, I don't want to ruin it. And just your emails were great. You're like, no, no, it's really easy. You know, do this, and you gave me all these instructions. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. Like it it I like I still can't believe that I did it. Like I look at this thing on on the floor. It's right here beside me. Yeah. I still can't believe that that you know I finished that. And I mean, obviously you did all the hard work, but. <laughs> But still, like, I finished them. Like, and it looks beautiful. So now you've got all these different finishes. So, so like, what are what are some of the options available now? Because I noticed, like, there's some, like, nice high-gloss kind of tops there on them. Are, How did that come about? Yeah, there's, there's you know, I still sell a lot of the unfinished. Um, and that came from, like, the, the love of skateboard decks, of people putting their own artwork. Or I wanted, I, quite honestly, when I came out with it, I didn't know anybody who would do the finishing, right? So I was like, well, I'm just going to sell them. And then it, would, it became awesome because then everybody, you put your own heart and soul into it, you know, and it becomes yours. Um, but I have come out, the latest series, for a while, I had some kind of um, cabinet-grade quality finishes, but they were, they were pretty time-consuming and people wanted glossier. So I spent a year researching materials, and the new M3 series has... Um, it's a high-pressure laminate on the top and the bottom of the Baltic birch sandwich in between. And the high-pressure laminate um, is super indestructible. There's actually um, particles of aluminum in it when they make it. And it makes oh, it wow. really strong, really glossy. So that so I named it Vader Black is, was, is the black. So it's like, you know, Darth Vader Black. Yeah, it looks great um, too. And then I'm inspired by cars, you know, GTO Red, um, Super B from the Dodge, Super B Yellow, uh-huh. like 7072, um, Endless Summer Blue. I've got some wood grains that I'm working on. Um, so I'm trying to come out with a lot more limited editions where I'll make a color maybe for a month, month and a half, and then when it goes away, I'll have something else. Um, That's pretty cool. pretty cool. And they yeah. look really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm curious. So were you a skateboarder growing up? No, I mean I was this I was this kid from the suburbs. You know, it wasn't very um, glamorous. It wasn't great, and it wasn't terrible. Um, I mean, I I had a skateboard. I was, but my my childhood hero was um, Q on James Bond. Okay, uh, I wanted to invent things, um, and my dad's a crazy handyman. We'd always be building stuff, um, and so I think that's where it came from. You know, I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to be a designer until I went to college and I saw Charles and Rames, the furniture they designed, um, and I saw Mies van der Rohe and, you know, Le Cabousier and, you know, all these early industrial designers from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And they were solving problems. And I was like, that is so cool because you get to mix fine art with problem solving, you know, and, which is essentially what I think, it's what I tell people I do. You know, it's creative problem solving at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you do like all the machining and stuff yourself? Because one of the things that I marveled at, like, and I'm I'm looking at my board here, is like my top deck. The um the metal supports on the bottom are just really well thought out. Like it's it's not an afterthought. Like you can tell you put some thought into that design process. So do you do you machine those yourself? Do you have to like send those out? How's that work? I do, and and thank you for the compliment. And I would say, um. If you see the current ones, they're even better. I, I think what's been really cool, I designed it with processes that I can constantly improve upon. So I haven't stopped improving on the boards in five years. Um, I, in fact, I just started routing under the bottom in the bases, which people have asked for forever because I just figured out how to do it. Um, 
so it's a nice crisp edge. Um, the risers, the aluminum brackets are, um, they're made in a extrusion, eight foot extrusions. And then those are cut and drilled and, um, tumbled and deburred and then they get polished. So it's wow. like, uh, there's a lot of steps, but, um, yeah, I, everything that I do is in house or with a handful of really tiny, um, local people that I work with in the twin cities. I wanted to keep Part of the brand is, I mean, it's ironic because most of my sales are out of the state and, you know, all over the country, but the essence of the brand is built in Minneapolis and St. Paul. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It just, like, it just like, I, I remember, like, getting the pieces, you know, and again, like, I think it probably took me probably almost a year before I got, got things put together because, like, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got sick and then I just like I didn't have any time to work on it then like yeah. the weather the weather wasn't cooperating when I finally got to work on it I just I remember looking at the piece going man like, this is really really nice yeah and and just you know like, like I've said just putting it all together here and like growing up like I I was a, a bit of a skateboarder never any good but just like that's yeah. that's what caught my attention at first nice. I'm like oh this is obviously like a skateboard yeah yeah and then like at the time, I was looking for a new pedal board, you know, because like I I had my only pedal board before this was the SKB. Okay. And yep. um, I, I beat that thing to death. Like it, it, yeah. it got to the point where the internal power stuff was no longer working. Um, you know, the, the internal, like the ins and outs and stuff on the board, like just I beat that thing to death. And I'm like, man, I just want something different. And to the point now, like, you know, you've made a great point with the holes and stuff on it. You can easily zip tie stuff on it, but since I'm not playing live, I just keep it. Um, and I just I, I keep looking looking back at it, but just like I just keep it open. Yeah, and I, I kind of yeah. use the bottom like as my staging area. Like if I'm yeah. trying to set up effects or something like that, or like you For know, sure. I want to swap things out. Then yeah. the top is where I do like you know, is my my main chain. Yep. Nice. Nice. No, well, I, I yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So, what are some of the most creative setups that you've seen? Because I, I, I've seen a, f- a few good pictures on on your site of yeah. customer boards. So, what are some of the neatest yeah. ones you've seen? Um, you know, um, Sean Lennon just put together and um, a, a really cool. He took a big Kahuna and he put a standard top shelf on it, um, and it's super cool. And he put um, lighting all underneath the edge of the top shelf led lighting so it shines all over the board oh that's a great idea. um which is really really cool um there's some of the other cool things um there was a a really cool guy and he sent me one i got to put pictures on the site he did a sunburst on the unfinished which is just gorgeous you know it's like a, cher- a cherry burst yeah yeah absolutely beautiful um i've some people have done hand um, paintings and drawings for gifts that have been really cool for other people. Um, interestingly, the there's, I mean, usually when it's given as a gift, it's from like a woman to a guy because yeah. you know most of the people that buy them are men. I mean, it's just I don't know, they're more into the petals kind of part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say you know the hand painting is is super cool. Man, that's cool, and it's nice that it, like. You have the options where you can get something like you know now the high pressure laminates where there's a nice color to it, or you can still go with the unfinished. Like you know, now that I look at this, I'm like, man, I wish I would have done something underneath. Yeah. You know, like, like now now that it turned out really nice, I'm like, boy, I should have I should have done something. Yeah. So, like what what's so um what's on your pedal board now? Like what what kind of effects and stuff are you playing through? 
Uh, you know, I really love the Super Bowl from JHS. Okay. I think that pedal is awesome. Um, Supro. I'm a huge fan of Full Tone. When I play live, all of their pedals sound good. Um, you know how sometimes you play something and you're at the store or you play it at home um, and it sounds really good and then you play it with a band and it feels weird in the mix? Yes, yes. I feel like Full Tone stuff is bulletproof. I have every pedal they've made, um, but right now I've got the Super Trim. And then I'm really into Catlin breads. I, I have like, I'm a uh, analog delay addict. Okay. It, you know, so I've got the um, the Bell Epoch, you know, and what else have I got over here? And I've got the Echo Rec, and I've got those kind of, the Echo Rec is cool because you can put it, I actually was not intuitive when I first got it and I wasn't using it right. You put it first in the chain before you're going into your overdriven amp or before an overdrive pedal. Okay. Which 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 sounds amazing. You know, I guess that's how they uh, the Benson Echo Rec. That's how people would do it. They do it ahead of any any drive effects. Um, and I've got a box of rock from Zvex is a Minneapolis company, and I like to support the local people. And that's that is the first nice pedal I ever bought. It's hand painted by Jason Mirold, and I got it in like '96. Oh, wow. And I love that pedal. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, maybe it's 2006. <laughs> it's 2006. I don't, they, I don't know. Time goes faster and faster. And my last, my Polytune, I've got the Mini. I love that. Clyde Deluxe Wah. Um, and then the stuff from Walrus Audio I think is really cool. Um, so I've been trying out some of those pedals. Man, that's and- cool. So let's talk about the Echo Rec uh, a minute because you're the only other person I know that has one. Okay, yeah. I got mine, man, I think I've had it about a year. Yeah. And like what you said about the intuitive, like there are so many crazy sounds you can there get. There are, yes. So, yes. And be wary of the trim pot inside. <laughs> oh, so I, I haven't messed with that yet because I well, remember I really reading that. I screwed it up and then I fixed it, yeah. So what happened? Did you like turn the gain up too high? I did. I did because, um, you know, it's classic. They have really well – I actually think that um, Catlin Bread, I think they – I don't know if you're a a Mesa Boogie guy, but Mesa Boogie's instructions are phenomenal. And Catlin Bread's are equally as – they're so detailed. I mean I I love reading instructions, you know, because like a geek. Um, (laughs) And they tell you everything you could want to know. And there is a gain pod inside and they say you must have this exact mini – Phillips screwdriver number two, which of course I didn't have, you know, but I couldn't resist <laughs> changing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I spent all day and I like got the most awesome sounds out of it and I plug it in and I was like almost in tears. I'm like, oh my God, I destroyed it. But I fixed it. I turned it back down. So this is the first pedal I ever got that came in an anti static bag. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what I, I mean, what I've done. You know, I went back with – and I don't know what you did, but I went back and I actually read their instructions thoroughly. Yeah. And I kind of – because I've had so many delay pedals. I'm like, man, I know what these do, swell tone. But if you go back and really follow their directions, like you, you put a couple of them at medium and they want you to play with one effect at a time. Um, and I really it changed it for me putting it in front of the amp. It sounds awesome. It's like uh, – I mean there is something rougher like – 50s 60s ish to it yeah but it doesn't it softens up the delay in my opinion and it blends it with the overdrive and it's it sounds really really good okay so i I need to try that one because i think mostly i've been using it after on my drive pedals right yeah yeah put it up front 
And then don't put the mix up too high and don't put the swell up too high. Okay. And then leave the tone just starting in the middle. And then that get that program select, you know, there's 12 different settings. Yes. Oh my goodness. Is that like yeah. overwhelming? It is. It is all the different tape heads, but it's like, it was so funny. Cause I'm, I'm reading there. They're like, you're going to write a song before the night's done. And I totally did. Um, but it was trying to find the magic. I think that the program select is really the, the key to it. And the tone can bring it in and out, you know, but it's keeping that swell down in the mix in my mind really let me, cause I, you know, I also had it for a year. It's been sitting in a, I, I've got a lot of pedals and a junkie. Me too. Yeah. And I love their ad cause I think their graphics are gorgeous. Yeah. I think it's a cool looking pedal. And I was like, you know, they said so much and I, I was reading the instructions cause I was taking a break from work, you know, trying to do other fun things. And I read their instructions and I couldn't believe how detailed they were. And that's when I put it back on. So, yeah. The instructions are very, very detailed. Because I'm with you. Like, that's the first time I've ever had any set of instructions that breaks it down to, hey, we have a trim button on the inside. Do this. Do that. I'm like, really? Right. And then every single setting for, like, the different tape heads, it takes you through, like, a scenario. It so does. To speak. Yeah. Super cool. And every knob has, like, a paragraph or two. And they tell you what the history was and how it was originally running. Yes. So the amount of effort they put into this pedal is really unbelievable. Well, and it just sounds gorgeous. Like, like I mean, like I've been a DD3 guy for a long time. I have a couple analog yep. delays, but yep. just the the sounds that you can get, especially when when you start randomizing those tape heads and you get some of those other, I guess. Not completely rhythmical. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but I think hopefully you know what I mean. But yes, so yeah. the, those those ping pongs that just don't like it feels like it's going to follow a pattern that it doesn't. Just like man, this is so crazy sounding. It is so crazy sounding, right? And it has it is there is something magic about it, and it's not just um, you know sometimes they'll put it in so it changes pitch a little bit so it sounds like kind of a tape. Yes, yeah. Right? And and it and it doesn't, you know. It, you're right. It does something where it's like one, two, three, or four different tape heads, and it is. It's, it's super cool. Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful pedal. Oh, it fascinates me. And you know, it's funny. It's like I never heard of the Benson Echo Rec before this pedal. Yeah, like, I I got it because I was um, my my wife started using the um that Ebates thing, you know. Yep. And so she's like, yeah, I start with Ebates. You should see, you know, if there's any companies you deal with. So I think it was musician's friend or Guitar Center, one of the two, was on there. And I'm, like, I'm checking them out. I'm like, oh, what can I order? And then, you know, of course, there's always a long list of restrictions, brands you can't do this, and then there's like a special discount. And the Catalan bread happened to be one of them. I'm like, all right, I'll take a look at this. And so I'm just going through all their different pedals. And I, I knew nothing of the Echo Rec or anything. I bought it totally on chance because it just sounded cool in the description. I'm like, oh, this sounds really neat. Like, it sounds, you know, kind of trippy. And then I get it home, like, oh my goodness, this, it was just, it was, I rarely do a blind purchase where I, I get any kind of pedal where I haven't heard a thing or seen it, you know, cause I, I like to play it first and, um, it, 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 I haven't been disappointed at all, you know? Absolutely. You know, I, I felt like the, I could actually be wrong here cause sometimes I mix up my, but the EP booster was that, isn't that also based on the Echo Rex preamp? Oh, I have no idea. I was going to ask if you had any other the Catalan Catalan bread pedals because that's the only one I have. I do. Well, Exotic has the EP Booster, and that's what I started with. Okay. Um, and like my local shop, Willie's, they're like, "This is the number one pedal we sell." And I was like, "Really?" 
And it sounds fantastic. And that's where I started reading about the Echo Rec. Yeah, you know the other one that I've been playing and I put it – so it's exactly the opposite end. I literally have them sitting on top of my amp right now. <laughs> I've got the Bell Epoch from Catlin Bread and I've got that last in the chain. Nice. So, so I've got the Echo Rec first and then I've got the Box of Rock, the Super Bolt. Um, then I go into the Super Trem and then I do the Bell Epoch. And I've got the Super Trem – and the Bell Epoch going through the effects loop. I right now I'm playing a Lone Star Classic. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, I'm an amp junkie too. So <laughs> my wife's very tolerant. <laughs> yeah, because they're in the bedroom, you know. Oh man, she's like, "Can't you play something smaller?" I'm like, "Well, it's research for work." You know? <laughs> yeah. But but the Bell Epoch is a it's it's a really beautiful. It feels very different. Um, it feels a little bit. A little bit more of a classic analog delay, um, but it's got kind of this legato thing going that it adjusts to how you play. Yeah, um, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, so it like stretches the notes out rather than just doing a ping. If you if your pick attack is different, it's it's, it's amazing. That's really That's cool. cool. Yeah. Now you mentioned the full tone super trem. Um, do you have any other tremolo pedals? Like I'm a tremolo junkie. Like I oh, you have are. way too many tremolo pedals. No, well, I've got the, um, I've got a Victoria Chicago Lux, which is like, uh, it's a recreation of the 59 Vibra Lux. Okay. Um, and that is built in tremolo. And that's where I really got my addiction to tremolo. Um, cause that one's so beautiful. So I, the other one that I've got, cause one, cause all my, amp, none of my other amps have tremolo. I like the super tremolo a lot. Um, my mind is, it is, it is failing me right now. It's a mini pedal. Um, is TC Electronic Shaker? No, no. And actually, I'm going to get in trouble because he's actually a local guy in Minneapolis. Um, it'll come to me. Okay. It's it's super cool. It's red. It's the crimson. It's a crimson tremolo, crimson trem. Um, and I, I'll have to remember. It's super awesome. It's one of those pedals that all it has is uh, two trim pots inside. Mm-hmm for the kind of the rate and the intensity and so all you do is kind of set it one time you close it up and you you can fit it on your board Henretta sorry Henretta Engineering Henretta okay I gotta look that up it's super cool it's a little teeny I mean it's a one and a half inch by one and a half inch square and it fits anywhere on your board and it sounds fantastic oh dude that's killer yeah I uh my, my first tremolo was the Voodoo Labs Oh, nice! And, uh, yeah, um, I don't know if you've ever gone to like the like the Philly guitar shows. I had a buddy who was living out there. No, I haven't. And um, hey, it was a decent guitar show, and so I was out there, and they had one. I think I picked up for like eighty bucks. It was a decent, decent you know deal at the time. And so that was my first one. And then I don't know when the addiction started to tremolo, but then I just kept picking them up. Like I have a Boss TR two. Um, what what like the the Voodoo Lab is probably still one of my favorites. Um, my next favorite would be the um, oh geez, uh, Demeter the Demeter Tremulator. Yeah, I was oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. And the thing is, like, I went to the shop in Nashville. Like, I was traveling for work, and um, I played through um, oh, is it Menatone? Yeah, Menatone. I played through the Menatone Red Snapper, and I was yep. checking that out, and then. Um, I was telling the guy I really like trim, so he, he brought over a couple local builders, and then he brought over this Demeter, and 
I, I got to be honest, like the Demeter was so boring looking. Like it yeah. was just like, like just like yeah. the most nondiscreet black box you're going to see, really yeah. boring everything. And then I plugged in and the sound, I'm just like, okay, this one. I'm nice. taking this home today. Yeah. Oh, nice. it's just gorgeous. And then he was telling me the whole story where I guess the Demeter tremulator is, is uh, based on, I'm going to screw this up. Um, did the soundtrack for Crossroads, Ry Cooter. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. it was built for Ry Cooter based yeah. off one of his Fender amps. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So it's, essentially they just took that same circuit, squished it into the pedal. And I'm like, oh, this thing is great. So like that's been on my board a lot. That's super cool. And then, um, are you aware of idiot box effects? No. Uh-uh. So he's a guy in Texas that builds these effects and he, he's kind of specialized in lo-fi stuff. Okay. So he has the mad doctor stutter. And so it's just, it's got this crazy looking, you know, face and, um, two, two LEDs that light up for the eyes. And it's a really choppy tremolo, like really choppy tremolo. And then um, I'm also a big DC Comics fan, and he did a Flash stutter, and I'm still not sure if he was going for the Flash or Flash Gordon, but it's close enough for me. Um, and that one's a momentary switch, so you can set like the tremolo speed, but then you just step on it, so you can do like quick stutter effects, you know. And so I've got you know both of those. Like I love those things. I feel Very like there's cool. one more. You know, I just got the because it's funny in my mind, it's a fuzz. But it's it actually is one of the most beautiful tremolos. I've got the uh, Janus from Walrus Audio. Have you tried that? No, I haven't even heard of that one. Well, tell me about this one. It has two joysticks on it, You're which which me. I've actually never had a pedal with the joysticks, but I've seen it before. Okay. So it's on the left side is the tremolo, and on the right side is the fuzz. And then with the joystick, you can control you know rate and depth and kind of uh, level. All and the crazy part is it's it's freakishly easy to do with your I do it with my foot, you know. Wow. As I imagine people do. Yeah, with the joystick, um, it's easy. It sounds awesome. And it's pretty cool with the, the fuzz and the tremolo combined. It sounds fantastic. Wow, okay. Yeah. Oh man, okay. I just I just Googled it. This yeah, is killer. You gotta try it. And there's a whole bunch of different settings. I mean I, I love when they put little um, dip switches and bat switches so you can, you know. Flick, flick and switch the order and you can put the um, where it's kind of like a feels like it's kind of a bass heavy or a treble, or a treble boost or kind of you know takes the EQ kind of out of the mix there's a whole bunch of little switches it's excellent man that's killer hey so what, what's your favorite fuzz right now then speaking of fuzz um my favorite fuzz you know my favorite fuzz um uh, I don't have my fuzz pedals here um is I can't my brain is just failing um I got she doesn't make them anymore it's the woman who designed the um the big muff the reissue for um electro harmonics um and then she had her own company for a couple of years um it'll come to me It'll come to me. I'd say my other favorite fuzz court right now is the Walrus. It's the first part of the Janus. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Like I just got my first big muff, and I got a nano yeah. big muff. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, this sucker's mean as heck. I also picked up. Um, oh, you because you mentioned Zvex, I thought about it. I got the Zvex Fat Fuzz Factory. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, that's like a classic. Also, I, yeah. I love I love the Zvex effects because. Like, so one of the things that drew me to stomp boxes in the first place, like I was a bass player for starters. And so 
looking, I was, you know, it, like in the 90s, I was trying to find like an all-in-one on the floor multi-effect pedal because that was pretty popular then. I couldn't find a single one that would give me enough control over the parameters. And yeah. what I love about Zvex is he really follows the spirit of like, you had these pedals where if you turned everything up all the way, they sound terrible to some people's ears. Right. I, I like that kind of stuff, but you could really get crazy unique sounds yeah and like that fuzz factory this squelching and the sounds i get just sometimes just adjusting it i'm like my goodness what is going on in this circuitry in here i i just it's like that fuzz is just such a hot circuit you know it's it's you know all of zvex pedals in my opinion are like that they're like um well you probably don't have it there's a beer here like called surly where um it's a really Every one is so – they're intense and they're specific, but I love that. You know, it's not like – I don't feel like Zvex makes generalist pedals that like, you know, this. they make stuff that's phenomenally interesting and deep, you exactly. know? And it's like it's like you, here's what you can make your that sound with and it was in our head and we just – did you see they came out with a uh, pedal – that's powered by a candle that blew my mind <laughs> yeah it's like six grand i think it's oh, awesome yeah. yeah yeah it is totally uh insane yeah uh, you know the the pedal that came to my mind because i like a lot of pedals too that aren't new um you know i'm a junkie twin town guitars here they always have tons of used pedals and it's fun to see what people have turned in or beaten up yep um frantone that was the pedal i don't think she's made them in a couple of years but i've got a peach fuzz and she made a peach fuzz and she made a cream puff and they sound they can go from sounding almost like an overdrive yeah. to um crazy insane fuzz oh, wow. um all with the you know just all with the volume knob on your guitar um and so and then the uh the boxes are. Um, she did this Bakelite coating, yeah, which is which is super cool. It looks very like 1955. You know, it's like a it's like a canary yellow Bakelite with these cool Bakelite knobs. Nice, um, nice, super awesome fuzz. And it was the one I got was so beaten up, and it sounds amazing. You know, um, and now I think they're pretty rare. They're harder to get, um, but they're like Kevin Shields. He, it, it's you can get that kind of sound. Okay. Okay. Um, like super, super overdriven. So yeah. Yeah. You mentioned using your uh, the volume knob on your guitar to kind of adjust that. So it, I take it that you're you're that type of player. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just you actually yeah. use that for like some nuance. I do. I'm. An, I'm. I'm. And in fact, I and I, I actually could credit back to Zvex. They're the first. It was the first really quality. Um, the box of rock can get so transparent when you turn down and if you've got a good tube amp i do i ride that all the time and i really like um i've got a couple amps from savage audio um they're from here in town and i love that i here's what i love i love that i want to be at the same volume maybe a hair louder but when i turn the volume up my guitar i want it to overdrive for soloing you know and and that's what i love because i like I like it pretty clean for rhythms, um, and my bands. I've always been. I'm starting a new band. So any bass players and drummers out there, drop me a line. Um, but my bands are always three pieces because I want the music to be able to go in any direction. I like yeah. improvisational music, um, so I do a lot of rhythm guitar also. But I do. I, I ride the. I'm not like a channel switcher or step on it. Um, I would say the. I would say the. 
the you know exception to that rule is the the big muff like the first time I turned that baby on with the band I, I actually felt like I was like the hand of God I was like oh my <laughs> yeah right it was insane yeah because it's just it's so powerful like when yeah. I finally sat down with her I'm like oh my goodness yeah. yeah it's like a laser beam is shooting out of your guitar yes that's a great description yeah and it, I mean I got chills and I'm like oh my god this is what it's about you yeah. know so yeah. Yeah, thus the addiction began. That's killer. I, you know, I'm gonna have to try that because, like, I've always been the everything is turned up full on my guitars, tones okay. all the way up, volumes all the way up, yeah. um, playing and strumming as hard as I can, just just really digging into everything. And you are probably the third person in the past year or two that has mentioned doing this. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should give it a shot. Yeah, give it a whirl. Give it yeah. a whirl. Yeah, try something. It's also, you know, I read. I also read a. Um, um, cause I'm always learning how to play my, I feel like I've been had pedals for a long time and I feel like every day I learn something new. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, this pedal sounds so great with this amp set this way. I didn't know it, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I was reading a great article and they were like, crank your amp. If, if it's a quiet amp, crank it all the way up. Even if you're not playing at that volume, then put your volume way back on your guitar because then you're getting the whole amp working. You know, and you're getting a lot more natural harmonics and things coming out of the amp, even if you're playing at the clean setting. So that's so a good that's idea. A good, yeah. yeah. Especially with like little guys, you know, my little like tweed, it's like 14 watts, but I'll crank, crank it full open even when I'm playing it relatively quiet, just like when I'm jamming at home, practicing or writing songs, you know. Man, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, like when you're saying about like learning something new on the pedals, I have, um, I have a Boss HM2 and actually a ton of Boss pedals. Yeah. And I've had these for years, and like the HM2 is like kind of sat on the shelf, and I just pulled it out because I was um, doing a demo, just putting different uh, drive pedals with the um, the new KHDK Ghoul Screamer. Nice. And I'm mixing and matching and stuff like that. And uh, this one guy I was talking to on the Metallica forums, he's like, "Well, I want to see what it sounds like with a DS1 in front of it." And he was telling me he just used the DS1 as a volume pedal, essentially, just like like, like a clean boost. And I would have never thought to do that. No, right. And right. it sounds killer. Like it, it does sound killer. Like, yeah, wow. no, that was pretty cool. That is cool. You know, I started doing that with my full-tone OCD because the, the volume on that is so powerful. Yeah. You can turn the gain almost off. Man. And if you turn the volume up to like half, it does feel like it's – it's taking over your amp, but it's like merging with it, you know? That's killer. Um, yeah, it's not just a volume boost. I do feel like it does something different. Yeah. So, so you mentioned Surly Brewing a little bit back. Is that yeah. the beer that does Darkness Day? It is, yes. So yeah. I, I heard about them on another podcast, and I, and I think it was the Radioactive Model podcast that I listened to. Yeah. Um, can you can you talk about like Darkness Day and the beer and stuff? Because I've... I, I remember yeah. hearing about it. Like I love beer, so any, anything you were talking about beer, I'm all ears right now. They're uh, they started, you know, they're one of the. I think they're one of the ones responsible for the for the aluminum can revolution. You know, um, bringing back the tall boy cans with beautiful graphics. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. When they started, and I think it was they traveled the world, went to a bunch of monasteries, you know, and came back and started doing their own thing, and they're very kind of intense. Um, flavors. They make a great Furious is an awesome IPA, um, and they grew in. They started in an industrial park up in Robbinsdale, and a year ago they just opened a thirty-two million dollar brewery okay. in Minneapolis, and it's like an event. There's this 
15 foot um, little pan of fire. Like when you walk in, there's like, uh, it's gorgeous. Um, and they were the ones responsible. They call it the Surly Law, but Minnesota is kind of backwards in some ways. You weren't allowed to serve food if you made if you made your own beer, you know? Really? So they, Yeah, they changed the laws so people could um, make beer and serve food, and they're responsible for that. And their, their beers are fantastic. Um, in Darkness Day, they make this beer, Darkness. I don't know what's in it, but people <laughs> will – they only release so much of it, and you're only allowed to buy two bottles, and people camp out overnight at the brewery, and – Everybody brings their own crazy beers to share and they put them on tables and you just drink for like, you know, 20 hours. That's awesome. Um, and every once in a while, Surly will like bring out a keg and just plop it in front of everybody and tap it and then they drive away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they've done a really good job. They've built a really good culture. Yeah, I think their beer is excellent. And then Darkest Day is a pretty decent music festival day too, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think so. Yeah. Um... I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the music festival part. I, uh, I, I feel like I might be making that up. Like I thought I heard that, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that part, and and it might change this year because they've got the new brewery, you know, which is so, so. We'll see what goes, how it goes. Man, that's exciting. Like it I, is super cool. I I love microbrews. That's the one nice thing. Yeah, I was telling you earlier. I live in the Charleston area now. Yeah, we've got a bunch of microbreweries down here, which has been great. And um, the one thing I really like is like I lived used to live in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is, is a Commonwealth state, which I didn't understand what any of this stuff meant till like I left, and I can get alcohol and pretty much everywhere right. I go. Don't you have to buy by the case in Pennsylvania? Oh, you got to buy your beer by the case. There was yeah. finally a couple places that were getting you know the license to sell individuals. Like um, yeah. Well, there's one grocery store that got the license to sell beer, and then you could also mix and match a six pack, and that was like the greatest thing ever for me. I'm like, nice. this is wonderful because, like, I love beer, but it takes me forever to drink it. You know, like, I, like a case is going to last me like a year or better. So I like to get like a couple different things at a time. And so down here, like, I just found found it um, a great, uh, great pr- place. I think it's called like Bottle Superstore, something like that. A couple locations, but um. I finally found the trooper beer down here and they led me over to the trooper. Like I'm going to be going back to that same aisle because there's all these amazing English imports. Oh, nice. Oh, I can't wait to try those. Nice. That would be totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the English beers. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Oh, it is good stuff. Yeah. Bass ale. That was like, I think that was the first, um, I think it was like, I was, it was my 21st birthday and a friend of mine, Dave gave me a bottle of that. And that was the first good beer I think I ever had. Um, and it has the first registered um, logo, you know, for graphic design. It's like the first registered logo ever in the UK. No kidding. It's for Bass Ale. Yeah. That tri- it's a red triangle. Yeah. I had no idea about that. That's neat. Yeah. That's cool. So have you also done graphic design too? Is that like where your design uh, backgrounds come from? No. No. I'm, I mean, I, I play a graphic designer on TV, um, <laughs> but I'm really – I'm a product guy like okay. 100%. and. You know, my first logo I did myself and it was like I took the biohazard logo and stuck a C on it. And, um, you know, it was OK <laughs> to start. Um, I've, it's not my forte. You know, my background is in um, ethnographic research and industrial design. So okay. it's watching people in their environments um, and trying to observe what they're doing and their movements and and then find out why they're doing it. And then you try to come up with solutions that they haven't asked for. And they don't know how to ask for it, 
But once they have it, they're super happy. And they might not even know why. You know, like I think one of the things with a holy board, a lot of people, I've been very fortunate and thrilled, you know, that people really love it. And they love how it works. And they're not always 100% sure why. And it's all the subtleties um, make it easy to use, you know, and they're things you're not really thinking about. But like the pedals on the curved deck and with the two levels and the angle, there's kind of positioning going on. It's, it's um, redundant cueing, right? So it's not only where you see the pedals, it's where you feel them kind of in space. Exactly. They're actually are in different places, you know, and your body responds to that. And so, um, so I love that. You know, that's my, my passion is coming up with, how, you know, we've been doing it this way forever. I feel like this is terrible. How could this be better? Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Like I, I totally forgot about the curved design until you said that again. And I'm like, it does just make things when I'm setting things up. It's just so, it's so natural. Like yeah. whether I'm standing up to play it or whether I'm sitting down trying to shoot a video or something like it just, it's very easy to, to get to everything. You it know? is. I don't, I don't feel like I have to overstretch, but yet the space is really, really well managed. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the idea not to overcomplicate. And, you know, I think the hardest thing is, is taking away, right? You keep, t- there's a great quote that I can't remember, but it's about, you keep taking things away until you're left with the essence of it. Right. Cause it's, it's easy to make something complicated. It's very difficult to make it simple. Um, and that's like with power supplies, I, I, I intentionally never put a dedicated power supply on the board because I wanted people to – everybody has a different opinion. You know, I yeah, mean yeah. you may love the – I used the Voodoo Labs you know, um, for years um, and I was completely happy. And then I started using Walrus Audio. You know, I've changed around a whole bunch and I want people to be able to fit whatever they need on there. Um, so I was trying to give that flexibility so you could personalize it, you know. I never had a power brick before until I got this board. And I yeah. bought the brick specifically yeah. because of this board. Yeah, excellent. And, and what do you think? Oh, I love it. And it's it's tucked away under there. And so, like, um, it's it's funny because, like, um, a glow, it's, I think it's a mod tone. Like, it's it's so far under there and I haven't looked at it in so long I, I really yeah. forgot. But um, yeah. it's got this blue light to it, which is one of the things yeah. I liked about it because I love, I love blue, yeah. like especially like yeah. a glowing blue LED. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was taking pictures of my board. And I can't remember if it was either on Instagram or Facebook when I was posting it. One of my buddies um, responded back. He's like, and what's that glow coming from underneath yeah. your pedals there? Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of neat because, you know, and when you said about Sean Lennon doing the LEDs, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Isn't that cool? Because, yeah. Because, I mean, and it's set up perfectly for that kind of thing. It could that just is. be like such a cool stage glow. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I'm going to start messing with that. I think that's a super cool idea. Man, that's some neat yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. So one last question. I'll let you go here. All so, right. Low wattage amplifiers. So what What are you digging for low wattage amplifiers nowadays? Low wattage. I mean, I've got a. I would say my. Uh, I don't. I have so many on my list that I that I've tried. Um, the um, um, three monkey sock monkey is awesome. I love I love all the tones in it. I've got I've got a savage roar. It's a fifteen watt, and I usually play it at seven. I've got a um, shot in nineteen, which is basically like a recreation of the Vox AC fifteen, um, and I play my Lone Star at like the 10 watt setting all the time to get those class A kind of tones. Yeah. Um, you know, interestingly, I'm going the opposite direction because I feel like I've 
I've really come into my guitar playing in the era of the small amp, you know? Mm-hmm. And so recently I bought a Marshall Vintage Modern and I bought a sweet um, uh, 4x12 Marshall cabinet from like 1970. And oh, I'm, nice. I put in um, two Scumback um, Paper Voice Coil M75s and two Greenbacks and and I'm looking at getting a JTM 45 and a JCM 800, and I'm actually going the opposite way. That's killer. I, I kind of want to, and it's awesome. Like I'm, I know it's they're heavy to carry, but the fullness of the sound, yeah, is pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I've been heading the other direction. See, I've, I've been carrying around big amps for years. Like being yeah. a bass player, I had um, the Fender Dual Bass 400. It was the yeah BXR Dual Bass 400. Nice. So I had two 4x10 cabinets, and then it's a 400-watt head on top. So, you know, I'm about six foot tall. This amp yep. stands as tall as me when it's yeah. all put together. Yep. And then, when, you know, when you think about, like, the 10-inch speakers, you know, when you have eight 10-inch speakers, that's 80 inches of air I am pushing. That is crazy. You know, and so, like, it'd be one of the tightest bass sounds ever. And I would have never thought that because, like, I was always from the school of thought, like, oh, I have to have this huge, massive 15-inch subwoofer. Yeah, and then when I was, you know, at the store, the guy says, "Like, listen, man, he's like, you know, you're actually going to get a tighter, fuller sound because you're you're moving more air." I'm like, "All right, you know." So I remember That's going home, right. getting my dad, and be like, "Hey, let's go down and test this amp out," you know. And and um, I'm I'm playing through it, you know, with my with my bass and stuff. I'm like, okay, I love this thing. So I've I've had that for geez years, but it is so monstrous. You know. It is crazy. It's a crazy, but there's something with the power. I actually want to get because they only made 400. I want to get the uh, Mesa Boogie made the King Snake, which was the recreation of San Carlos Santana's Mark One. Oh wow! Okay, um, and it's a hundred watts. You know, in the size of a Princeton, right? It's a yeah, hundred yeah. watts, and it's like it's amazing. And it's like that back to the laser beam. You know, yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of like that same thing where you're you're not you've got enough power where you're not killing everybody. Something about if you have a lot of power behind the volume, it's easier on the ears. You yeah. know, I mean, that said, I love the small wattage amps too. I mean, um, the car I've had, I've had the Raleigh, they're like little teeny guy. That was awesome. And I've got my eye on the Skylark because you can, that's got the attenuator built into it. Yeah. I think that thing is pretty sweet. Man, that's, so, cool. that's cool. Yeah. All right. So, where can my listeners find you? Like, where are like websites, social media? Like, are you on Instagram? Can I follow you on Instagram? Um, I'm working on Instagram. Right. I don't think I'm really on there. I'm on Facebook okay. at Chemistry Design Works, and it works with an E. Um, but also, everything is at chemistrydesignworks.com. Or you can really just Google Holyboard, H O L E Y B O A R D in Google, and I come up pretty close to the top. Um, that's the easiest way to find me. And then I'm in every guitar player magazine and tone report weekly is phenomenal. I don't know if you read that. Um, it's online. It's put out by the guys at, um, pro guitar shop online out in Portland. And it's, it's all about pedals every week. And I do a, um, full page ad in there. I subscribe Uh, to that on my iPad, man. It's, it's, I know it's awesome. They have really cool stuff. They have really cool. And they're, they're really great people. So I like to support them. So yeah, I'm in all the magazines. I'm working on new ads. I've got a really cool. I can't tell you what it is, but I have a new holy board coming out in June. So 
Wow. Stay well, tuned. Maybe yes. you need to come back on the show and talk about it, it then, It's June. pretty awesome. It does things other ones don't do. So okay. I'll just leave it that. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Well, hey, Chris, <laughs> thanks again for being on the show tonight. All right. And to my listeners, until next time, make some noise. <laughs> <laughs>